Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. We are your hosts. I'm Kelly, a wife, mom of two, and an independent consultant with my own company in Chicago. And I'm Jessica, a wife, mom of three, and owner of my own outpatient mental health practice in Nevada. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships. Whether it's a duo episode or we have a guest, you are guaranteed to pick up a new tool or feel less alone. This one is for the moms that have forgotten how to make time to keep their spark alive. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we are going to be talking about our October book club, which is How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk by Adele Faber and Elaine Moslish. Internationally acclaimed parenting experts, Adele Faber and Elaine Moslish, have helped millions of families with their breakthrough best selling books. How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, and Siblings Without Rivalry. Now they return with this book, which is a lively down-to-earth guide that tackles today's tough issues. Yeah, we talked about it before. So the, the setting of the book is that they're asked to go to this high school to talk about teen issues. Then they end up starting to have this parenting group. And, and so there's a lot of specific case examples. At the end of the book, they have the teens come in and they talk with the teens. I listened to this on Audible and then I bought the book because I wanted to go back and look. And the book is so fun because they have graphic little cartoons yes, and examples. that's true. This is su- such an easy read. It, it really just highlights what our experts have been telling us, which is connection is the key with your kids. Both of the parenting experts that we had Alex Linderman and Braxton Storm talked about that when we have these reactions and extreme reactions with our kids, that's our baggage, right? That's our stuff. And so if you are taking care of yourself, you can be more clear-headed and not reactionary when it comes to these issues with your teens, right? And I think I want to give a real-life example, and then you tell me your thoughts And tell me if I gave this as an example already, but we have a puppy and Gabby takes him in her room at night. And the other night, Jess and I went a night's game and Dominic needs his sleep. He came home from practice at like 930 and Gabby was like, I need you to watch Scout while I take a shower. Well, Gabby does not take a quick shower. So Dominic in the morning was like, mom, I'm so tired. I did not go to bed until 1130 because Gabby made me watch Scout. So old Jessica would be like, well, this is inappropriate. We, I need to talk to her. Why would she do that to you? She's in charge of Scout. Next time she tries to do that to you, you give her Scout, you know, bleep, 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 trying to fix it, right? Trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And these authors say that you want to fix it. But what we want to do is we want to empower our children yep. to learn to fix problems by themselves. So instead, because we're reading all these books and I've got my little listening hat on instead, because I caught myself. I listened to Dominic and I said, that really sucks. I know you like to get more sleep than that. Sounds like you're really tired. Wow. My so, brain exploded on the inside. But don't you feel like that when they come to you with a problem? You're like, well, this is what you got to do. Oh, let's break it down. 100%. Mm-hmm. At the end of every chapter, there is this section called a quick reminder. 
And when I went back to look through this and take notes, I noticed that basically everyone is pretty much the same thing, which is identify your feelings, acknowledge them with a word or a sound, give in fantasy what you can't give in reality, which I love that because there's so many times the kid wants something that they just can't have. So verbalizing what they want in a make-believe world yeah, accepting feelings. And so I just loved, love that. And I kept, I, I noticed that they kept like reiterating that in every chapter. Yeah. Yeah. In the very beginning, the very first chapter, they say, I also think it's natural for parents to push away painful and upsetting feelings. It's hard for us to listen to our teenagers express their confusion or resentment or disappointment or discouragement. We can't bear to see them unhappy. So it's with the best of intentions that we dismiss their feelings and impose our adult logic. We want to show them the right way to feel. And your example is just that. It's like fighting that just natural, you know, inclination. I I think a great example of what you just said would be like if Wes was like, I am really stressed out, mom, because I have a B in math. And you were like, don't worry about it. It's just eighth grade math. And when you're older, it doesn't even matter. I don't even remember eighth grade math. So don't even worry about it. Right. So you are you're not validating his feelings or his experience. And you're imparting your wisdom of this doesn't even matter. But that does matter to him. Right. Yeah. And and so. I I think we want to do that when they get so hurt and upset about something. You want to be like, it doesn't even matter in the long run, kid, but it matters to them, right? And so we have to validate, 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 validate. And like when you said a word or a comment, hmm, really? Oh, instead of giving speeches. And like Braxton Storm said, you know, they have all the information they need. Yeah. They're not coming to us for a lecture. I think that's what I walked away from in in general with this book is by the time your child is a teenager, they do have almost everything they need and they can rely on their own intellect and you can trust their own intellect on a lot of these topics. And I think that's where we always just think we're an adult and we know best. I mean, even Alex said that in our podcast interview with him, that we always think we're the adult, we know best, and we're going to tell you what this is. And that doesn't give them the chance to really have a lot of autonomy, which is what yeah. he talked about, which is what yeah. this talks about too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I like, again, this book is very practical. So they talk about solving problems. Instead of giving orders, describe the problem. Instead of attacking, describe what you feel. Instead of blaming, give information. Instead of threats or orders, Offer a choice instead of a long lecture, say it in a word. I mean, there's so many different examples of that. Like instead of angry reprimands, do the unexpected. And they give a lot of case examples of these families going into the class and saying what's going on with their kids. You know, like if there's drugs, if there's dating stuff, if there's alcohol, if there's parties, if they're sneaking out. I think it was this book. Just let me know if I'm having a stroke. (laughs) Like 
where the parents went out and they came home and they saw boys leaving the outside the house and then there were beer cans in the trash and the parents didn't freak out or scream at her mm-hmm. and she said that what happened was is her friend was coming over which the parents knew the friend was coming over but she brought two older boys with her and they were carrying beer with them and they wanted to smoke in the house and she said you can't smoke in the house and she was like you guys need to leave and so they drank the beer and left it wasn't her fault. She didn't know how to handle that experience because her friend brought two boys over. And so they didn't freak out and yell at her and say, we found these blah, 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 blah. They were just like, tell us what happened. And she was so upset because her friend put her in that position. So then they were able to sit down and talk about what are some things she can do differently next time. And that's such a normal experience. It's really hard to retrain the brain to do that. Because I think I said before, I tend I tend to jump to conclusions. We react. We yes, react very much so. And what it talks about in here is when parents are frustrated, they sometimes lash out with angry accusations. Teenagers are more likely to hear you when you tell them how you feel, rather than how rude and wrong they are. And yeah. so, just really again going back to the other parenting discussions we've had where it's connecting it's talking about feelings it's not telling them how to do something but i think it yeah i think it's so complicated and as you and our listeners know i have multiple personalities and so when jessica's healthy and had good sleep and taking care of herself i can sit with it and i can hear it and i can listen i can be in the moment because i I'm trained in crisis intervention. I am a therapist. I do have these skills somewhere. And then there's Jessica, who's tired, who's at her wit's end, who's not taking care of herself, who had a lot of traffic on her way home, who's really tired, and who's going to react and raise her voice at her kids. So to me, I think so much of it goes back to, as a parent, you caring for yourself and checking yourself and making sure you're in a good space. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think what we'll also... What I'm learning is take time to understand the facts. Yeah. Take the moment to understand what is really going on. And at the end of the day, trust your kid. Yeah. Parenting with purpose and being mindful parents. We all know our kids. We love our kids. We've raised our kids to be the way we want them to be. And sure, we're not perfect. They're not perfect. But they're at a point when they're 13, 14 that they've got probably a pretty good head on their shoulders. Yeah. And trusting them. Yeah. Also, okay. So you lose your mind. You don't handle it well. It goes back to Braxton Storm, where he said, make amends. And they talk about in this book, they talk about show how to make amends. That's not just saying, I'm sorry, and walking out. So I want to give this case example where the dad, the kid starts soccer and said, oh, yeah, I'm all done. I got all my homework done. He's in this intense soccer program. And then the dad finds out he has all these missing assignments. And so it says, state your expectations. Jeff, I expect you to rethink your priorities. Schoolwork comes before soccer. I also expect that if I ask you about your homework, I will get an honest answer. Show how to make amends. Jeff, all of your missing assignments need to be made up. He says, but that will take forever. He said, you may have to give up a few weekends. But what if there's a soccer game? Offer a choice. 
even then, as I see it, Jeff, there are two choices. One, you give up soccer until you're all caught up and the kid's like, I'm not quitting soccer. Or two, you figure out a way to fit in both homework and soccer. I know you can do it. And then it says take action. So I just I like those examples of give a choice. These are your instead of being like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get up in your room right now and you're not leaving until you have all those assignments done. It's like, these are my expectations and you have not met those expectations. So what are we going to do? Right. What do you think? And they have in here, too, when you work it out together, invite your team to give their point of view and invite them to brainstorm with you. Yeah. And then you each decide which you would do, like which you would agree on. And then you put an action sheet right on a sheet of paper. Like they lied to you. They said their homework was done and it wasn't done. And so what is the consequence for lying? And you write down, lose your phone for one week. And they write down, go to bed early. And then they, you know, write down, I owe you $5. I don't know, you know, whatever it is. And then you choose together. And honestly, I have found that my children are way more strict than I am. When I'm, what do you think we should do about it? You should take my phone away for five months and I'll live in the basement. <laughs> like, oh, I was just thinking that you do the dishes. So I like that. I like that a lot. And so, again, I love the cartoons. I love the case examples, And then break down step by step. The other thing that was interesting about this book was this was written in 2005 we're talking Um, about social media texting but everything is so applicable yeah all of these things are still so applicable and i absolutely loved toward the end of the book they have a conversation with the kids they bring the kids in and they ask the kids questions and honestly i feel as a parent that chapter which is chapter five called Meeting the Kids. Yeah. Every parent who is a teenager should read these pages because it asks, what do you think people mean when they make a comment like, oh, he's a teenager? And they say all these things. And I guarantee you, if you brought a bunch of kids in today, they'd say the same thing. So thinking about all the conversations we've been having about parenting, the hardest thing that I'm finding is I can't get out of thinking about it as a 46-year-old woman instead of a nine-year-old boy or a 13-year-old boy. And so seeing these quotes and seeing these reactions gives me a moment to get into the head of those because I remember feeling, we remember feelings. I don't remember like what I said or how I acted and I do in some ways, but I don't remember thinking about things in this way. So I definitely remember middle school, I would say being one of the hardest when you look at school K through 12. Middle school was difficult, not every single day, but with a lot of this relational aggression and a lot of navigating friendships and relationships and figuring out who you are. And so I love that just like they did in the first three-fourths of the book, they give examples for the kids and how to handle friendships and relationships. Because weren't you saying that's what you hoped the book had, you know? So they say, how does it feel When your friends dismiss your wishes and put you down? How does it feel when your friend brushes your feelings aside? When people are upset and they criticize you and then they give examples on like how to handle their peers and how to handle your parents? I liked toward the end when they talked about just that interaction between the parent and the teen expressing irritation. You say what you feel, you say what you expect. You have the teenager say, 
what they want to say first or the parent and the other person. So each person gets a chance to say how they feel. I appreciate that. I think they underscore the fact that anger is a secondary emotion. So people can't say they're mad using other words. The other one is expressing appreciation. Describe what they did and describe what you feel. And I love that. I love, you know, Wes, when you made dinner and I didn't ask you to, that made me feel so great and helpful and I didn't have to do that myself sort of thing. But I never do that. I I shouldn't say never, but like, I don't know when the last time I've said something in a way that I say, you made me feel blah and thank you or whatever it is. I think about when they say catch him doing good. When you think about attention for negative stuff versus attention for positive stuff, let's say I feel like I'm getting down on one kid. I try to like look for opportunities to praise or or like what you're saying, like, wow, that, you know, like with the chores that you guys, that is so helpful and relieves so much stress for me. And I feel so great when I, when yes. you unload the dishwasher, it really makes a big impact on me. And it's so helpful. I do want to say, and I know I've talked about this in other trailers, but I thought this book was such an easy listen. I think I listened to it in like two days on Audible and I wanted to get all of like many of their other books. I did get their first book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, their original one. So I'm excited to read that one. And I got How to Talk When Kids Won't Listen for like some behavioral stuff. So I have a very strong-willed child. And so I would love to hear some tips on what to do there. You know, I think this book is a great culmination of all the conversations we've had in the month of October between Braxton, Alex, and Dr. Deitch, because the last chapter, speaking of Dr. Laura, is about uh, sex and drugs. And one of the things that it really focused on was instead of having a big lecture to find these like small teachable moments. And that's definitely a lot of what Dr. Laura talked about too, which was you know, finding small opportunities when you're watching a show or you find, see a book. Or it should be but, like listening you know, to TikTok. That goes back to all the experts that were saying, I'm sorry, if you're waiting until 13 to teach family values, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's never too late. On the other hand, like you can start teaching sex at two. You know what I mean? And so it's oh, like sure. not this one big talk when you're 13 where you talk, but it's just your attitudes, values about like Dr. Deitch was saying about sex, like even our bodies, the way we Check talk your about values bodies. all the time. Yeah, for you sure. You know, how you talk 100%. about nudity or body parts or all of those things can start. It's like easier and less overwhelming if you have little tiny one to two minute snippets a week versus I'll wait till they're 14 and then I'll tell them all about drugs and sex and alcohol. True. I am curious how the how to talk so kids will listen is versus this. I thought what they did very creatively on this one is because they made it like a teen parenting workshop kind of uh, set setting. And so that allowed them to probably take some of the key framework about the kids, but really apply it to teens. It is. I can tell you right now because I grabbed the book and I'm looking at it much thicker with much smaller font. And it is like a workbook. Okay. Where in a single day, I see it that my children or child do the following blank in the morning, blank in the afternoon, blank in the evening. 
encouraging cooperation so that you write down what you want to say. And there's a whole thing about autonomy when they're a little bit older, how you can encourage autonomy. There's a whole chapter on that. Praise. And then a whole bunch of letters at the end. Holy moly. So they have, Kelly, like 100 pages of people writing letters about how the book impacted them. Whatever. I don't know. Anyways, interesting. I am interested. I'm going to want to listen to it first, though. When it comes to these kind of books, I really love to listen first. And then I want to buy the book and then go back. Well, yeah, I think these self-help books, there's a lot that's in the book that you don't get in the Audible audio version. The one thing, you know, in summary, in the back of the book, really talked about, and I thought it was a great summation where it talked about feelings matter, civility matters, not to get angry, words matter, punishment has no place in a caring relationship, our differences don't need to defeat us. And we all need to feel valued. And that last one is real tough when you have a teenager. Because up until then, it was easy to feel valued because your kids needed you. And I find more and more that that is one where I need to feel valued just as much as my child, right? And so that's the conversation I think I even frequently have with Wes. It's like, hey, by the way, you hurt my feelings too. I never really had to have that conversation. My kids weren't mean to me when they were smaller. Well, isn't that that nice for you? Yeah. I want to say Gabby probably said I hate you when she was three. So I must be a much meaner mom. (laughs) You know what? They should, by the way, you know. Pretty terrible things to me when they were small. Did they say like, I hate you or I hate you? I'll say, Wes says I hate you in that way. By the way, I think what would be funny. way, that both hurts my heart. (laughs) Is maybe there is like a how to text. So your kids will listen. And that <laughs> we'll listens, right? We'll do a little. Your kids will text. A little addition. Yeah. A little bonus chapter. Uh-huh. There, and it would have to also be like a, a dictionary. Because sometimes Gabby will tell me something and I'm like, hold on, let me Google MNR47. Oh, okay. That means never mind, robot. <laughs> Lady, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Does, I don't know. Wes do that. When they like, say words and I was like, mm, I don't know. When they're just oh. all these acronyms and letters yeah. that are texting language. I think it's, I thought that BTW meant. It's so everyone knows now it means by the way, but I thought it I thought it meant like between. I thought it meant between. Between you and me. Yeah. Between us. Me too. So I don't whatever. know. But I would get that via email from my friend Michelle Goldberg when I worked at Honeywell and I lived in South Bend, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I remember her using that one all the time. And I, I might've looked it up at one point, but I still didn't stick with me. I use it all the time. There's O-M-W on my way. Okay. That's one. And then Gabby used, let me, okay, I'm going to look through and I'll, and then I'll ask you. How about LMK is let me know. Okay. Recently. She said O-M-W-R-N. On my way running north? Right now. (laughs) On my way right now. And then there was one that I had to Google because I was like, I don't even know what that means. She always says, okay, like, okay, okay. Is that her own way? Mm, How much of this is her? They're doing it because it's her friends. IDK, I don't know. I must tell her to do things. She also PLS? texted me and said, bro. They both call me bro a lot. She's like, bro, literally texted me bro. 
Yeah. Have you seen um, those shirts that, you know, I know you. Mom, mama. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. So Dom's always like, bro. And I'm like, bro. And he's like, bro. I'm like, yeah, bro. And he's like, oh, mom, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you, bro. O-M-G-G-G-G. That's like a lot of gods. And then D-W. D-W. Mm-hmm. Dishwasher? Don't worry. Mm-mm. S-G. She says a lot. Sounds good. I'm looking back through West text and he could use those. He's I'm noticing that he's just a really bad speller. <laughs> he's not using those. And I K. I know. Really good one. Good one. Did she, you have to ask her what these are at some point? Sometimes it makes sense and sometimes I Google it. But Dominic doesn't do whatever those are called. What are they calling them? Are they called acronyms or are she does a lot, but that's because she is older and on all the social medias. So her friends are snapping and twitting and twatting, whatever they're all doing. Social media acronyms. That's what they're called. Yeah. How to speak to millennials and Gen Z. Anyways, it's funny. It's funny. And she taught me how to reply. Like if someone sends you a whole bunch of texts, you can hold on to that text and then reply to the one thing they said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which helps yeah. me. I don't do that too often. That's a good idea. I'm forgetful. Like, what are I you only know how about? to do a thumbs up on each one <laughs> or a love. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, there's a whole other teen language, but I really do think this book is timeless. I think goes back to connection over correction. And I think that if you are struggling with the relationship with your child, with your teen. I think it's this is a great book that will give you tips and tools. I think it's very tangible. Absolutely. I think you will leave with examples. Yep. A lot of case examples. And I think it will be really helpful. It's been really helpful to us. I'm always looking to learn and grow. I tell my children that all the time. I am not perfect. I am evolving and growing. I want to be better. And so if you are looking to try to be a better parent, a better listener, a better human. This is a great book. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you love today's episode, please share with another mom. And while you're there, it would be great if you gave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to know more about Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, Check that out at ChasingBrighter.com or we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Brighter. Thanks. We'll be here next week.